Um, I'm going to go for a nervous wee because shit. In 2019, a small team of makers escaped from a maximum security psychiatric facility so they could do things their way. Now, these makers have created a podcast to help you do things your way. This is that podcast. Hello and welcome to the Make Your Own Way podcast. I'm Alan Scannell from Wood Tourism by Alan Scannell and my co-hosts are Johnny Allen from Bespoke Bloke Designs and Nate Wheelchair from Simply R Nate. And this week, Johnny's brought a little guest along. Johnny, would you like to introduce him? Yeah, um, since we started the podcast, uh, a friend of mine was was messaging me all the time. He wanted to come on and, you know, I, my brother's Nate were on last week and I eventually just said, look, look, okay, I'll let you on. Um <laughs> You know, we let you meet people. So, special guest, would you like to say hello and tell people who you are? Yeah, my name is Jimmy Duresta, and I'm in New York at the moment. So, guys, thanks for having me on. Thanks for finally fulfilling my my request <laughs> to get on and hang out with you guys. And That's okay. Follow up on the friendships we started in Maker Central. Maker Central. Yeah. I, still uh, washed, I still haven't washed my arm. It's been, what, eight months? <laughs> I don't know if you guys follow along on the Facebook group. Uh, there's a couple now because they started splintering off. You know, there was infighting, and then I like to make stuff. Then Bob started his actual official. I like to make stuff, and then we like to make stuff, and then they like to make stuff, and then he liked to make stuff. So there's all these groups, and my name shows up in all of them, and I, I participate. Uh, but somebody last night posted a video or a, a still frame from Pinterest of a full-on tattooed image of my face. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Heavily yeah. Really? Tattoo. Looks, looks like one of the Universal <laughs> Monster tattoos. It's like so <laughs> heavily black inked. It looks great. I mean, that's my friend hardcore. my friend who happens to be Australian photographed me about four or five years ago, and that's one of the pictures she took of me. Wow. So I was, I was honored. So you, you, got, you, got, you got work to do there, bro. Well, there are a few. There, there are actually a few people that have got the rest of tattoos. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Sterling's got one, uh, and uh, Jamie Page. Yeah, Jamie's got one. Yeah. yeah. Fucking nut job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's also got Berkey's face on him, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> what does it tell you? Go back to what I just said. The fucking nut job. Well, well, this week we're going to ask a couple of our own questions before we go into our normal listener questions. So yeah. uh, I think Nate, you have you have a question ready there for for Jimmy, don't you? I've got one. Yeah, I have. Um, so Jimmy, my question is um, it's a serious one, so you know, bear with. Um, what is the most useful thing that you've done to bring a process in house? Um, is it tooling, printing? Uh, I mean, personally, I think. You know, your printing stuff is amazing and, you know, bringing that sort of thing in-house just gives you so many opportunities. So, so something like that, I don't know, um, what do you think? What, what has been, like, the most useful thing that I've uh, learned, I, I guess? No, to, to, by the, the most useful thing that I brought to do in my own space in the last few years? Yeah, sure. Um, well, honestly, printing is a great example. I Printing is something I never thought I'd do. It's not something I was ever interested in as a kid. I actually, until the moment my buddy said to me, Hey, do you ever see any antique printing presses in upstate New York on your travels, on your daily travels? One of my buddies in New York, I said, I think there's a printing press outside this antique shop. And that was that was about six months before I did my very first print press video where I 
rescued that rusty one and me and Taylor put it on the truck. I look like a little kid in it. It's from like six or seven years ago. And that prior to that, I never in my life even thought about how things got printed. (laughs) It never occurred to me. I just was like, that's a different world that I have nothing to do with. And then when I started to become intrigued with the mechanical action and the, uh, the gizmosity to quote my buddy, Eric from hand tool rescue, the gizmosity of those machines, I became completely, I fell in love, literally fell in love with them, with, with that machine that I got and, and the eight more that I have now. It's, it's like a gateway drug. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. And it's like, what? Another funny thing uh, that I never, if you go going back now, so I, I did, I think I did two videos, the very first two print videos I ever did in sequential order. The one where I put it on my truck, the second one where I actually get it working, and then the third one. Where I print on it, I print or- orange things that say, "Is if it looks straight, it is straight." Uh, Martin from Wintergarden, he Instagrammed me. That, now this is going back like three or four years ago. He Instagrammed me and said, "I want one of those, and I'm going to pay you for it." I was like, "I go, I'll just send you one." And he goes, "No, I'm sending you money because we had talked about something else." And he yeah. PayPal'd me two hundred dollars. So for the very before I even put the video out because he was watching my Instagram. So the very first poster that I ever sold was to Martin who makes the big crazy oh. marble machine. And so he's, he's my very first print customer. He's got, cool. I just think it's, um, I think it's interesting to, to see you put stuff like that out and then watch the maker community, the maker community then become interested in printing and it's, every, it's our, everyone's it's doing it. It's, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like, I lifted up, I lifted up like this curtain of like, I, again, I hate to overuse the word. I lifted up this curtain of gizmosity of like, Look at how fucking incredible, like the American, oh, sorry, I meant to say the human ingenuity was. And it, I didn't mean to say American, now I sound like a biased shithead, but what I meant to say it was <laughs> the human ingenuity. And what I love about even discovering machines like Habu just put one out that was made in Europe, his video on his machine. And then other machines that I see that guys, you know, on your side of the world send me pictures of. And the ones that I find in fields around the United States and New York and the pictures people send me, it just, it just keeps, it it sucks me in further and further. And I'm like, oh my God, I see how the mechanism works now. Oh my God. And so that's just goes into the the toolbox, you know, that goes into the, the mechanism toolbox that, regurgitates itself one way or another what i like though what i really like is seeing how smaller makers who can't afford big presses or haven't got the space or the workshop's too dusty or whatever they're they're, they're finding other ways to do it and it, yeah. it just it just opens up Line this up massive yeah. massive box yeah i made this discover uh, it. it's great what, what's what's our friend's name I, i'm drawing a blank i made this he started printing too I, is it? I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop. Um, I'll come up with it before the end of the show. He's been doing some great stuff. He's a European. He's been doing some great, great, great stuff. Printing stuff and uh, you know just improving in his workshop, seeing, seeing band sawing letters and making print cards. So yeah, it's great. Even like Dave Picciuto, he has no. He doesn't have a printing press, and he he improvised some printing stuff too. And yeah, yeah it's yeah, fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm happy to start a great trend that we could all you know, derive fruit from. One way or another. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. You um, know what's funny? I go and I look at printing videos that are on YouTube that have nothing to do with the maker community. And it's like you can either be a printer, but you can't be a printer and a filmmaker because like there's a disconnect. 
Yeah. Films are like made on like a potato and they're made like they're 15 seconds long and that's how long the whole video is. <clears throat> you know, it's like Chandler and Price print press and it shows the, the thing like from a really shitty angle for like a minute and then the video ends. But a fine press, a young man named Matt in Florida makes a great channel of, of printing press. He's in the maker community. So he does a great job. So look at a fine press. That's his channel and Instagram. Cool. Check it out. Uh, Johnny, do you want to ask next? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a few years back, you did a podcast. Now, I was trying to remember where I heard it because um, I can't remember because, you, you know, I've, I've seen you and I listened to you on so many different podcasts. But when you were describing what you do and your processes, um, the big thing that struck out with me, because I like I like to kind of do things similar, is you kind of let your you let the process evolve as you're as you're doing something. It changes, you know. So, uh, oh, you mean of, like uh, just letting the process become, uh, letting the the innovation develop as I do exactly, the process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, was there a do question? You, do you I, still operate? Do you still operate like that, or, or oh, do you? That's that's the only way I operate. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, because uh, you know I see April and a couple of other people on online do full on three D renderings. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't. I can't get stuck there because yeah. to me. The, the whole – for me, I love the pro- – I mean I'm sure they love that way they do it. But for me, the process for me is the discovery while I'm working. And because I have so much experience experimenting and brainstorming and just improving what, what I build, I trust – I totally trust my own personal process now. I, I don't get too hung up. For instance, if you guys follow my Instagram, you saw yesterday I dropped that big giant cube off the yeah, table yeah. in slow motion yeah, yeah. and smashed it around. That's going to be an anvil stand. Uh, for a new anvil that I just got, this anvil will live in my workshop, and and I, I sometimes I want it right next to me, sometimes I want to put it away. So it occurred to me to make a roving anvil stand with retractable wheels, and that is the basis for the mechanism. I drew the mechanism 50 different times. I made it in cardboard, and I'm still not 100% sure on exactly how it's going to work. But I will tell you this: in the last hour, I got the whole entire project really close, and I'm showing you guys drawings. So here's like mechanical drawings of like how the lever action is going to work. These are the very first sketches that I did. Uh, So it's like it's two sets of wheels that kind of pivot on each side of the machine on on the base. And then you push a lever down and then the wheels retract up or down. And then I kind of settled on this final design, which is similar to what I'm about to do. So I have the wheels on. I have the lever. I got to make the linkage now and then I'll be done. But all that really came to me in the process of working on it. I always I said this before and I'll say it again. There are goals along the build. Like mm. I know the thing has to have wheels on it. Mm. That's that's not disputable. So let me put the wheels on it. Yeah. I, I know it has to be a lever over here in space. Let me have that lever in space. I could add or cut away from the one that I put there temporarily, but let me just put that lever in space. And by doing that, by adding the wheels, putting the lever, knowing that I need this press bar, let me put that press bar in space and just see what answers it gives me. All the steps start to reveal themselves Yeah, because, you know, our brains overwhelm. We get overwhelmed with the idea of like, Oh man, there's so many fucking connections to make. Oh, I got it. Oh, I can't forget how, Oh, how am I going to do that? I just do it one step at a time and then let each step, uh, inspire the next step yeah. or answer yeah. the questions to the next step. And then if I have to go backwards and do a improved, improve that step, that's four steps behind me, I'll go. But now I have a better grasp on the whole concept. What I thought was quite cool, when you showed us that picture just then, the picture before it was the leather stack knife that you did yeah, yeah. right before oh. you're working yeah. on the anvil stand. 
And that was literally as your stories have gone on Instagram. You've done your leather sack knife and now you're on your own bill stand. I would really love to see that note or your notebooks because I, I think that would give a real good insight into your brain. Yeah. The night was ready. I just ate lunch with it. I'm using it every day now. Yeah. Oh, this video is done. I'll post it. I'll publish it tomorrow. Yeah. But, but again, that's that's inspiring because you 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 let a stamp. You you, you hit it twice. <laughs> You're showing your mistakes. You, you, oh yeah. Fuck that. It's, it's, it's wide open. <laughs> we didn't. We, I don't think you did fuck it up. I don't think that is. No, no. I, I love it, but I was annoyed that I did it. I tried to. Because my, my eyesight is bad and it's going. I mean, it's funny. You can see that's the knife before I actually made it, and it looks yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly similar. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, like yeah. I don't I don't always hit the mark. I'm always jumping around. I remember. I remember actually, you put up. Um, I think it was one of your ice picks, and you you fucked up the stamp on it. And yeah. some some guy that, some guy commented on your on the post saying, "Oh, are you going to sell that one cheaper or something like that?" And the next like. Hundred comments were like, "I'll give you double, I'll give you triple what it's worth." <laughs> Looking for that one, just that one, you know? Yeah. Oh well, you know it's funny. I save all the fuck ups. We we have a we we have a bin called the friends and family bin, and that is a bin of ice picks that have all been me, the misstamped, or we sanded half the logo off. Sometimes if the logo is like impressed shallow and we sand part of it off, we could sand it completely off and then rehit it. Yeah, because yeah. it's all done with a hammer now. Um, but typically we just we save all the because I'm always giving them away. If anybody shows up at the shop, you know, you do a fan visit, I'll just give you an ice pick. I won't make you pay for it. And so I always have a about seven or eight or ten pit bin in the in the friends and family bin. Those are the ones I give away. Yeah, we had a, we had a, a guest on last week, Brothers Make. Um, I know Matt, those guys. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, he he did a drop in and got an ice pick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard him. I listened to you guys when you contacted. I listened to that, and uh, yeah, it's so funny. I I meet so many people, so many places, and I feel like everybody I meet, I've already met before, and I'll be like, "Hey, did we meet last year?" And they'll be like, "No, yeah, yeah." Minutes ago. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> but I remember those guys, and they're making a book right now. They're doing some. They're doing some book binding. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys. Are, those are great. Those guys are great. They really keep giving me some love back because of the book binding video. Which is great. <laughs> cool. Okay, my question then is: um, you were doing, uh, you done the last two seasons of the Making It show. Um, is there another one uh, this year being filmed as well? Yeah, I just uh, found out. We haven't uh, filmed it yet. It's uh, it's been greenlit, and they asked. Uh, I asked them. I was like, "Guys, I need to make a plan because I'm going to Europe, and I have a few things to do. Will I be needed?" And they said, "Of course, you will be needed." But I don't have a contract at the moment. You know, those can always go left or right, especially when you're dealing with like a real network. So <clears throat> I'm waiting for my agent to get back to me to tell me we're good to go. It's going to take a few more weeks, but. I mean, I have a verbal commitment that I'm that I'm going to be involved, and we're going to possibly shoot sometime between May and June, maybe two cool. weeks of May and two weeks of June. Do and you I think that they'll ever put the show out over in Europe, or would I have oh, to just don't get a chance to see channel? it? No. Yeah, no. no, it doesn't. Can you see it on Hulu? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. I'm not sure. Check out Hulu.com because Hulu, I guess they don't advertise it over there. Hulu is is like NBC's like sister company and any okay. show that's on NBC and a couple of other, like any other syndicated shows that are on a lot of channels will end up on Hulu. You can get like, if you don't get Comedy yeah. Central, you could watch, you could watch uh, South Park on Hulu. 
So check Hulu, H-U-L-U.com. It's a shame that they don't have it out over here because I'm sure a lot of people would like to watch it. Well, I think what they're going to do, and I know that uh, I talked to some some various – like occasionally on the set while we're working, like you see uh, a couple of the executives walking around with a couple of – European speaking groups. I remember there was, I think it was like a group of people from Czech Republic. And uh, I said, what's going on? They're like, oh, they're thinking about doing the show in, you know, in, in Czech speaking countries. And then oh, you know, right, right, right. German speak. So they're going to do it in Europe or if they haven't already. But the cat's out of the bag. I've already auditioned for like eight other versions of the show, you know, that have like right. Maker and there's a show bouncing around called Assembly Required. And I auditioned for that, but nothing's set in stone at the moment. I, the only contract, the only verbal commitment I have is is making it. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, best fun. of luck with it. I hope it goes well this yeah. year. And I know you, you, it went well for you last year, as you said on the podcast. It's, you know, it's nice to be wanted and it's nice to be involved. I wish that they would utilize, you know, the – the gifts I've developed, uh, you know, from this maker community, I wish they would let me give it away more on the show. If you, when you guys get a chance to see the show, you'd be like, you got fucking Jimmy DeResta right there. I could do all this shit so easily. Why don't you just ask him for some tips and tricks? Yeah. I have great, great, great stuff caught on camera with the, with the contestants. Like, oh, this would be a great way to do this. And, you know, the yeah. contestants, they get people that are very amateur, but good. You know, they, they don't want people like, like me that's got, you know, 30 years of experience. They find people that are really good, very, very heartfelt about and passionate about what they're doing, but their skills aren't aren't 100%. They're still learning. They're also very young most of the time and definitely yeah. young in their hobby as a maker or whatever you want to call it. So I'm, there's so much teaching going on, and they capture it all, but they never put it in the edit. So that's that's where I get super frustrated. But that's TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can pick that out, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now um, – we can move on to our, a few of our listener questions if you guys are ready. Yeah, yeah I'm ready, man. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, Made Boy Fergus asks, um, what maker skill do you wish you had? Should we put that to our, our, our guest there? Do, do, has he mastered every skill, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I uh, I think I talked about this on Making It, which will be published in uh, online tomorrow. <clears throat> blacksmithing obviously is something I've been really taught teaching myself and Brett was my shop assistant for the last three years. He just moved on to go live with Jesse and the guys over in, uh, in Joshua tree. So, so Brett's out of, out of the shop at the moment, but <clears throat> the biggest thing I credit Brett with is getting me involved in blacksmithing, something I always wanted to do, but because he was so passionate about it, he sucked me into it as well. And so it's something I always, like if you asked me this question a couple of years ago, I would say blacksmithing. And I say it again now because I'm really just starting to scratch the surface of feeling accomplished in some of my endeavors. Like, for instance, this knife. Like, when you see this knife, I, I, I've blacksmithed a couple of other knives, but they're kind of almost a little hokey, uh, like, you know, close to where I started as far as the material. You know, like, you start you start with a piece of material and you only end up maybe 20% or 10% bigger or just slightly misshaped from where you started. This was a really good learning experience because I started with a piece that was, you know, at least half the size of this, ended up with a nice stretched out blade a tang and then again more learning on the handle itself so it blacksmithing is definitely something i'm i'm really happy that i'm i'm having some wins in. yeah and uh what i said on my podcast the other day was you you you, you tinker so much in a 
typical in a, in a given discipline. And then one day you challenge yourself and like all of a sudden you realize you know all the answers. It's almost like I'm not a Star Wars nerd, but it's almost like, you know, may the force be with you. It's like if you prepare, 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 prepare. And then like all of a sudden you surprise yourself. You're like, holy shit, I know how to ride a bicycle. I've practiced all the aspects of how to ride a bicycle, how what a bicycle is. And then you get on it and you're like, oh, fuck, I know how to do this. Shit, yeah. I didn't even know I knew how to do this. I knew how to play with it, but I didn't know I knew how to do it. So that was kind of the win I had with this with this knife here. And uh, I guess if I had to say, I just would like to get better at, at CNC machining. I'm good at CNC with, with the routering. CNC m- machining steel and aluminum is a whole different animal that, you know, I've, I've only scratched the surface there. It's I have a lot more learning to do there. I could fake it. I could make it look like I know what I'm doing because I could set up a file and cut it. But I don't show you the five broken bits and the fucking, you know, crash into the vice. I, I, you know, I typically just polish my edits up because then all of a sudden the, the reason I don't show a lot of mistakes is because they're hard to describe without jumping in and going, OK, let's cut the action. Let me talk directly to the camera and tell you what would happen. Yeah. You know, so I just say, you know what? Fuck the mistake. Somebody will make it. They'll figure it out. And so I just show the successes for the most part. So, yeah. That's why I look like I know what I'm doing in machining, but I don't. Take it till you make it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about you, Johnny? Is there a uh, new maker skill that you wish you'd had? I, I just love glass blowing. I think it's it's mm. uh, fucking incredible. You know what? Yeah, glass blowing is like a it's, it's, it's like a bottomless pit. I see yeah, guys totally. glass blowing and you never see them again. Yeah, it's like wizardry you know what i mean no i know you need you need a lot of tools you need the the furnaces and kilns and that kind of stuff but the the stuff that they can do with glass is just incredible absolutely yeah you can do you can do a lot on the bench though with like an oxy torch or something like that you can mess around but you can't go full yeah 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 have you done any glass blowing no no, nothing. No. Oh, yeah. I've done a glass blowing weekend class. It's the only thing I did. And I realized I thought it would be something that I'd be able to take away and do at home. But I realized it's extremely complicated. Yeah, There's yeah. so many. And, you know, and the other thing, too, is maybe this is just an American thing, but the guys that teach glass blowing are assholes. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Once you get past their fucking arrogance and their fucking I know more than you and I'm oh, going to yeah. find you at every fucking turn. Once you get over that, it's great. Yeah. It's that age-old thing. It's that age-old thing, isn't it? Someone's wagging their finger at you going, no, boy, don't do it like that. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a process that you've got to be uh, an apprentice for 30 years, and then you can then you can do it. Yeah, maybe it was just me. I don't know. So you're very lucky in the States. Like, you get a lot of classes. And yeah. We don't get that here. You know, we really? don't get, yeah, we don't get the opportunity to have weekend classes. You get the odd one. You might get one once a year in yeah. different places, but the opportunity isn't there, you know, so it's, it, it can be difficult to, to get in on something like that. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, in Manhattan, sorry, in Brooklyn, New York, there's a place called Urban Glass, and I went there for the weekend, and I had a great experience. I just was like, you know, there was a few times where I, I felt like telling another teacher, I'm like, reel it in, dude. You know, we're all just <laughs> not sure. we don't know what we're doing. Just talk to us like we're kindergarten students. Instead of talking to us like, you know, safety every three minutes. I'm like, yeah, enough yeah. already. With fucking safety. We're, ta- we're standing in a 2,000 degree oven. Something's going to happen. You want to play. You want to play. Yeah. I, want the, I want the opportunity to be able to play with it. Don't tell me off. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 So, 
But yeah, that's a couple. Uh, Nate, how about you? Have you got any maker skill you wish you, you had? Um, well, I'm just starting out. I've just bought a metal lathe, an old Myford ML4, which is um, which is probably made in the 1930s. So I'm just tweaking that up at the minute. And um, I mean, I've done like lathe, you know, lathe work at uni and stuff, but um, that's completely different to this thing. <laughs> this thing's yeah, got no, yeah. di- no dials or anything like that. And yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much I, I've turned my first project, which was um, which was a wooden leather burnishing tool <laughs> on my metal lathe. And, uh, <laughs> and that's you know I, I have the problem same t- with a, when you have a lathe, you think to yourself, oh I want to make something, and then you go, yeah, yeah. What? Fuck, you know, everything not everything has a perfectly round cylinder. What the fuck am I gonna make? It's like well, I could make a bearing, I could make a fucking a ball, and then you think well, to yourself, how am I gonna use it somewhere? Well, but I mean, it has be, it has to be in the shop for all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, I need to make a knob for my microphone. And then you go and do it. Every, everything's a dildo, isn't it? You, know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't get away from it. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, made, I managed to make um, like a few spinning tops and things like that. I've just had a plate literally just this week. So, But they came out quite successfully. It's it's like Etch-A-Sketch. Do you remember Etch-A-Sketch? It was a right pain in the ass. Yeah. It's impossible to draw anything with it. I kind of liken this lay to, to an Etch-a-Sketch. Like one yeah. knob goes one way, one goes the other way. Try and do a curve. <laughs> yeah. If you guys get a chance, uh, especially especially you, Nate, go take a look at my chess piece video where I made a bunch of chess pieces. They were all freehanded with the lathe. Oh, freehand, yeah. Is that, yeah. Was that yeah. on a, a wood turning lathe? No, I did that on a machine lathe. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was Etch-a-Sketch all time doing the – Yeah, Etch-a-Sketch it. Excellent. Yeah. Tune in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, it's fun though. And, and so that's that's mine. I mean, that's my current hobby, my play thing that's in the in in the workshop. And I, I can't wait to get into it more. I've got tools coming every day. It's like Christmas at my place. It's amazing. Absolutely loving it. But um, yes, that's mine. Uh, and for me, I'd be the exact same as Johnny. I'd love to do a bit of glass work, mm. um, like glass blowing. But even I, I wouldn't mind trying a bit of stained glass. I know, I know that'd yeah. be a bit more achievable to do. Like I wouldn't mind giving it a try. It's just something I've never done, and I think I might actually be able to do it. You know. Um, next question again is from Made by Fergus. Um, what's your favourite animal? Nate. Giraffe. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a question back. Um, what noise does it make? Moo. Exactly, it's moo. Yes, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know that it's moo, but I've always imagined it mooed like a cow. No, I always see, I see giraffes as like like nervous wrecks of the jungle. They seem like they're like tall and awkward, and they're always nervous. They're always like. That's how it's true. Yeah, but, <laughs> I always stick their neck the out for you, though. Yeah, yeah. Just to get it cut off. You know what happens? You stick your neck out, it gets cut. Um, they'll kick you in the face. Damn it in the face. They're hard. Don't cut my neck. How about you, Jimmy? What's your favorite animal? I, I, I got to say my, my Yorkie. I've had five Yorkies in the last 15, maybe 18 years. I've had five different Yorkies. And right now, Chippy is uh, – he's he turns – Chippy, I got for my fiftieth birthday, so my I was born in April of sixty-seven, and Chippy was born in May of seventeen. So he goes with the year. So Chippy's yeah, going to be so. he's going to be three this year. So nice. I'm going to be fifty-three. He's going to be three. So yeah, I'm fifty. Chippy. 
you gotta love the um, the fight in in Yorkies. You yeah, know, these tiny, tiny little dogs, but in their head, they're they're clearly convinced that they're like a fucking lion. Yeah, you know, they'll take anything on. He's always fucking with Bear. You know, Bear's my my big black lab, who's probably yeah. sixty pounds, and Chippy's six pounds, and he's always jumping on them, and they yeah, have they have a they, great time together. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, Any little. You, I also guys? like Chihuahuas too. My sister's got a Chihuahua. Sorry, yeah. How about you, Johnny? What are you? What animals are you, your favorite? It's got to be the dog. Any any dog really. I'm, I'm just I love my dogs. So. Yeah, I'm just saying, my dogs are fucking eat. I do love them. <laughs> my dog's Irish, he's so you know he's a plonker. <laughs> my dog's going mad because there's a, a vote on over here and all the politicians are coming knocking on the door looking for the vote. And every time the doorbell rings, the dog's going crazy. My wife's after having to stick a note on the door because they're still knocking at this hour of the night. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's funny. In America, nobody so. knocks on doors anymore. If you if someone knocks on your door, you're gonna shoot and kill them because <laughs> nobody knocks on your door ever, which is so weird. I mean, yeah, it's just uh, it's funny. Sebastian Maniscalco is a comedian here. He does a funny bit. It's a famous bit because he's done it for years about how when he was a kid, everybody's always popping over for a visit. Now, if somebody pops over to your house and rings your doorbell, you like do a belly crawl across to close <laughs> yeah. the curtain. <laughs> It's true, though. It is true. Uh, uh, now, next one is from Kenneth Maker. What tool do you normally use to almost cut your fingers off, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> um, lately, it's been the, the grinder. The grinder's come close a couple of times, but that's my own fault. But... Ow. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nate? four-inch angle grinder every time, mate. Run it across my thumb yeah. about six months ago, and I've got a lumpy thumb now. Now It's gross. Like I'm hoping for it to grow out, but it won't. Yeah. I, sit, I sit there shaving this lump like down flat, and my missus is like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, just shaving my thumb now. It's, it's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy, you're the only one that's actually cut their finger pretty much yeah I, I cut my pinky pretty much off yeah. right there you can see the scar line it's like kind of if i was wearing a ring on my pinky it would be right there uh, of all the injuries that you know the doctor said of all the injuries you could choose to cut your pinky on your non-dominant hand nearly off he's like and then we could just snip it off and say it's a done deal he said you got really lucky and yeah. you know it's 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 it it sucked it really sucked and you know i have nearly uh, not nearly as much of the grip as i had like i used to be able to just grab like a sheet of mdf for instance which is about 80 and 90 pounds like a three-quarter mdf or 19 millimeter mdf i used to be able to grab it like that <clears throat> can't do it anymore i, I mean yeah. i i can but i have to prepare now i gotta like i used to be able to just like grab it and pick it up like a biscuit but i can't do that anymore i just don't have that grip strength this yeah. way anymore i have to make that sure was, this hand is underneath it that was the bandsaw wasn't it uh, table saw, but I've cut myself on the bandsaw quite a bit, mostly just fingertips, not not like you know, not through the bone. But have you got a saw stop now, Jimmy? I do have a saw stop, and I, I probably pissed off quite a few people. I talked about playing with the saw stop, basically like having like a dangerous saw with a safety net. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, now I could do all the crazy shit I always wanted to do, and not have a conscious. <laughs> no, you're damn right. Yeah. So I do take I do take some risks on the on the saw stop. Not not something they want to hear or see. Yeah. 
Yeah. I did I, I did a voiceover once and I did this like I did a bevel on a round stool. So I, I was rotating like a big disc into the saw with a bevel. The blade was at about 30 degrees. And I was like, this is really – on the voiceover. I said, this is really dangerous. But since I'm using a saw stop, it's okay. And they got to <laughs> like, dude, I not want to encourage people to be fucking dangerous on the saw. But, oops, do, you, do you think that they'll end up – that saw stop will end up doing a lot more like band saw stops or, you know, like grinder stops? Yeah, I know. Well, now that they're with Festool, they must have like some a lot, a lot of more innovation going on. But I know yeah. they were talking about doing a, a chop saw early on. I mean I haven't talked to those guys in a long time. But – when I was uh, more in touch with them, he said this, the, the chop saw was something they were doing. But when you abruptly stop a chop saw and it's not connected to a 500-pound cabinet, it's going to kick. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they said that's something that they've been trying to figure out. And then a bandsaw seems like an easy way because you yeah, can just yeah. brakes on any of those wheels. That seems like an easy stop. So I don't know. I mean uh, – I always say that the dangerous bandsaw blades are the ones that are aggressive, like a resaw blade with like a three tooth per inch or a four tooth per inch. But a bandsaw blade, like a hacksaw bandsaw blade, when you're at 18 tooth per inch for like cutting metal, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's not going to hurt you, but it won't hurt you severely the way it's those big teeth. They're like shark teeth. They'll pull you in. They'll roll you into the blade. Those will just pop on you like a file. So it'd, just be, it'd be quite interesting to see how they handle the blades because Maybe like stopping the blade suddenly might snap the blade or something. So, Perhaps, but, yeah. I mean, there's so much to think about, but it, it'd be quite interesting <laughs> to see what comes out of it, that, especially with Festool. I mean, that sounds Bandsaw awesome. blades are still, I mean, obviously, it's my favorite tool. Bandsaw blades are still very, I would uh, hasten to say, archaic in the way that they're made because it's still just a weld. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah. I popped a new blade on my dual tonight working on this uh, the, the parts for the anvil stand to cut some metal. And the, the weld's got a big lump in it. And, you know, it's a blade I spent, you know, it was supposed to be about 25 U.S. on eBay from a reputable company. But it, there's still that, that human part of making yeah. a bad saw yeah. blade that doesn't seem to be involved in mostly like a table saw blade. It seems like it's all automated. So you could have like a small like a, a – machined instrument as opposed to the bandsaw blade there's always some human person grinding that that little weld anyway yeah um well for me uh, it wasn't a tool that most recently nearly took a finger off it was a train um i work for the railway here and um i was changing the brake caliper and i had my hand in the wrong spot and it was being jacked up and it, it was very close. It, it just grabbed the top of my glove, but I was able to pull it out and get the guy to stop quick enough. Oh. But, uh, yeah, that was the that was one of the hairier moments there lately. But yeah, no, it was fine. <laughs> a friend of mine works on Not the railroad. Uh, a buddy of mine works on the railroad. I have, I lost touch with him because I knew him through a girlfriend. But he uh, he was moving a piece of rail, like you know, a ten foot piece of rail, smashed like four fingers. It came down. Like I think. Somebody else was doing one thing while somebody else was doing something else, and they weren't in in sync. And somebody dropped something, caused it to hit his hand. It yeah. like four fingertips off, you know, piece of railroad track. There's no coming back from that. Yeah, no, no coming back yeah. from that. Uh, I, I know, I know a guy I used to work with. Um, he was changing brake blocks on one of the wagons, and it, it's a pin that goes in, and the block will just drop out but he had his hand on the track and he pulled out the pin and the block just came boom down on his hand and i think he broke about three fingers but he was lucky he didn't lose them though 
<laughs> you guys follow 50, 50 forged. On yeah. The yeah. You see what he did? He, I think he must have hit the. Sh- I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, I know he got crushed while the machine was running. He was changing yeah. the dies, and the machine squished his finger off. Oh yes, but but if seeing what he's doing now with like his t-shirts and stuff like that, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a good trademark now. <laughs> I mean, he's got his like finger and it's just crushed bone. <laughs> it's yeah. Way to bounce back, mate! It's, it's fantastic work. Yeah. Now we have a bit of a shark attack. Um, shark attack 1979. Jimmy uh, attacks us every week with a load of questions, so he's he's one of our oh, regulars. Okay. <laughs> uh, he says, "What's the most money you've spent on one tool?" Nate, I'm sure it's. Uh, well, you didn't spend it. Your mum spent it on you. She bought you the lathe. No, it's not the lathe. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of all ridiculous, uh, ridiculousness, it's my freaking belt grinder. Because, like, one of the most simple tools in the workshop, like, it's just a motor and, a, you know, a few bearings. And yeah. that thing That thing cost me nearly a grand. It's mm. fucking stupid. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's an amazing tool. All being said, I've changed half the mechanical, uh, sorry, the electrical parts on it. But, um, yeah, it's um, fantastic. But, God, it's for something so simple, why do, why do they command such a high price? I, I'm... I'll be fucked if, if I know. If only yeah. somebody to- told you at the very beginning to build one instead. Hmm? Oh, yeah. yeah. You fucking show off. <laughs> <laughs> did you build one, Tony? Did you build yeah, one? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. There's not, there's yeah, not much to them. Like, once, once you keep everything square, they're okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just box it iron. It's just difficult. Um, 60 mil and 50 mil box iron, that's it. Yeah. You know, so... I the most I spent I'm trying to remember. I mean, obviously people give me a lot of free tools, but uh, I sell everybody. I'm like, you want free tools? Just start a YouTube channel, make 700 videos, get five million views a month, and <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> and it is, you know, that's what I love about YouTube. There's like such a great democracy. Like, like uh, out of nowhere, Bobby Duke like came running from yeah. from backpack, and now he's three million subscribers. He's unbelievable, and and he's such a lovable guy, you know. So it's it's, I'm very fortunate to get free tools, but the most uh, I spent on it was probably my ShopBot CNC machine that I bought in 2013 before I had uh, before I commanded the ability to get free tools. I bought that for $7,500. I put it on a credit card, and I made my money back on it within months. The oh, thing, wow. once I learned how to yeah. use it, and I got up with a fear factor, yeah. it was it's, it's it's you know it's changed my life. Oh, amazing. Yeah. What's your app? I think I think the most I spent was on the lathe, and it was second hand, and it was two hundred and fifty quid. Mm. <laughs> um, most most of the, most of the stuff I have is 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 second hand. Uh, you know, you've got to start small. I mean, I've got a family to look after, so they have to come yeah. first. Tools come second, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that's the most I spent. I tell everybody <laughs> this is this is you're gonna laugh at me because this is probably an American mentality. I say it's cheaper to buy something brand new than it is to buy it used. Cause if you buy it brand new, you could put it on a credit card and pay it off a little bit at a time. You could finance it. It's easy to finance something brand new. You pay it off a little bit at a time. I just bought that dual bandsaw and I've been hoping and waiting and hoping there's a couple of bandsaw companies I've been kind of flirting with. And they're like, Oh, well, we really love your channel. And I'm waiting for like, you know, to get a new bandsaw from Grizzly or Dake or somebody. And I just said, fuck it. I just went and bought one for $2,800. That new dual bandsaw is $2,800. And new to me, it's from 1990. 
Uh, all the ones I've been finding online are about four to 5,000. So I feel like I got a good deal and it's mine. And there's something to be said for not having to do a commercial for somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. The, I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate to have the, 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 uh, the sponsors that I have. I just signed on with Ferd. It's a, you know, Ferd's the European company. Ferd is, uh, the grinding disc, the abrasives company. That's so I'm working yeah. with them. I'm going to, of continue to work with Lincoln. So I'm very fortunate to have these companies, you know, support me. And, and I'm really, uh, uh, I'm really grateful for that. But every once in a while I get in bed with a new company and they're like, well, what are we going to get? Like, if we give you this tool, what are we going to, and then I'm just like, I hate having to sell them on it. Like, yeah. I wish they just come to the table with the understanding of how this game works. And that's kind of what I was dealing with, with one of these companies. And then I just said, you know what, let me just go buy one. And then I don't need to talk to them anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I suppose with, with you getting stuff, like, you know, if, if if I had the money and would say I needed something for two grand, um, it's I, I have to go through this internal justification that I need to spend two grand on that item. So I'll need to work out in my head I need I needed to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Whereas if you have a company coming to you with something and, and they're going to say to you, listen, Jimmy, we got this. Here you go. Go play with it. You know, it takes out that justification that you need. Then you can just Absolutely. go and play with it, you know. But, you know, the other thing I I, I – Make I could give me give me five minutes. I'll come up with a justification for anything for spending money. I'll come up with it. It's completely <laughs> rational. But <clears throat> I always say this: if like I don't buy I don't buy fancy cars. You know, I have one truck. That's it. I have two trucks, but they they used. They were basically free in the scheme of things because they were used and paid for right away. But I have my pickup truck, and I don't go do water sports. I don't ski. I don't have a boat. I have a Harley, but that's paid for years before YouTube came around. I never use it. I'm not a Harley guy. I don't want to get hurt on a motorcycle. That fear is kind of sunken in as I got older. When I was younger, I didn't give a shit. Um, so I'm not extravagant. The one thing that really jazzes me and turns me on is buying new tools. And when I think of the bottom line, I only buy things I know I could make money with. I only buy things, you know, if I can't make money with it, I have to at least justify it in the way that it's going to be a good video. Mm. So if I end up spending like four or 500 or 600 or under a thousand dollars for an antique machine that I know I could pull into my shop, break down, get a video out of it. Then I'll say, you know what? Like I've been on television shows where for a 20 minute show of, for instance, making it, they must spend a half a million dollars. I have no idea, but I can do a 13 minute video, you know, and buy, uh, you know, an antique printing press for a few hundred dollars and have it shipped here. And that'll cost me a few hundred dollars and justify still be under a thousand dollars and put out a video that'll get a half a million views. Yeah. And, you know, not only will that video get me a half a million views, it'll get me eyeballs that will say, oh, you like this machine? I got one rotting away in my garage. You can come have it for free. So, you know, everything has tentacles that is far reaching beyond you could what you could imagine. So like a perfect example is I just bought that that antique Winchester rifle at a garage sale. Yeah, I it's a rare rifle. I can't hardly find any others online. I put it up. The video is going to probably break two million today. It's unbelievable. It's the first viral video I've had summer. And I've gotten so many people saying, oh, you need to check out this channel. You need to check out that channel. This guy restores these guns. Turns out there's a guy in New York State. He's uh, near Rochester, which is about a four or five hour drive for me. I spoke to them online. He restores these type of rifles. And he said, come, let's let's take a look at it. And, you know, we'll do a little vlog segment. 
I'm not oh. looking to sell it or restore it any more than I already have, but I just want to get a professional opinion, yeah, yeah. somebody with extreme street credibility. Yeah. Never would have found them if I didn't put that video out. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even know who to look for. Like, what do you just Google? You know, I could have Googled, but I probably would have got somebody in Wyoming that I'd never would have got a chance to actually visit. So, so I'd never say no to an opportunity. Never yeah. say no because no yeah. adventure was ever had by saying no and sitting on the sofa and playing PlayStation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never played a video game in my life, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Never. I mean, I, that, you guys are all probably younger than me, I'm, I'm assuming, by probably 10 years. And, uh, you know, I missed that. I totally, like, went right over my head. Like, when I started seeing young kids playing video games, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, well, that's probably going to ruin a bunch of lives. Like, right, good luck to you, you had a different um, – your dad was a firefighter, right? My dad was a New York City firefighter. Yeah, he's yeah, just so. uh, turned 80. My next vlog will have a big segment on my dad. He's he's oh. he's out of his fucking mind, my dad. He's a big big junk picker. I'm. Um, went, we walked around his pile of junk, and he was showing me all the shit he got. So that'll be in the next vlog. Some funny stuff. Cool. In Look forward to that. <laughs> I'm um, I'm a full time firefighter myself, and I think. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, I think that the the firefighter mentality is different. It's it's a kind of a get up and go. Let's do stuff. Yeah. Let's go today yeah. with this. Oh, machine. you know, like one of my one of my new uh, fast growing closest friends is my friend Mike. I talk about him on Instagram, uh, Left Lane Designs. And Mike, any minute is about to have a baby. Like he may have already had his baby just at this in these last few hours. He's at the hospital with his wife. And Mike is a New York City fireman. He's young. He's in his thirties, and he like. Never wants to take a break. He comes yeah. to the shop every day. He's like, what are we doing? What are we moving? What are we putting? Where are we, well, let me pick up something heavy. Let me put it down. Nice. And, and he's amazing. He's got energy. And he's I guess, he's probably 15 years younger than me. But I got to keep up with him whenever he's around. He's like, what are we doing? Let's move this. Yeah. Let's just, let's, uh, he even he looked at my shop a couple weeks ago. And he goes, this place is a mess. You know how we can solve that? I'm like, what? He goes, let's take everything out, put it in the parking lot, put it back one at a time. <laughs> Dude, I got shit to do. I'm not going to be fucking <laughs> my shop. But talk about that firefighter mentality. Mike is just like never stops. He's, he's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, the next shark attack is um, if you have an EDC that you change at times, is it still an EDC or is it an EDDC and every other day carry? I have a few of them. <laughs> yeah, you you have a few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a few like every other day. Sometimes I carry a magnifying glass. I happen to have one in my pocket right now, but that's not always. Let's, let's see, carry magnifying glass in my pocket. Not always. Ruler, I like. I don't carry it as much anymore because when me and Taylor go for a fancy dinner and I have a ruler on my way, she's like, "Did you take that fucking thing off?" <laughs> so that's an EDDC, whatever he said. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I carry a lot of tools around in work not so much at home in the shed because everything's right beside me and I remember one day my manager we were out on a, a, a top of the tracks and he goes fuck we need a 24 spanner and he looks at me and he goes you don't fucking have one in your pocket do you and I went yeah 24 millimeter spanner <laughs> there you go <laughs> he was like how the fuck do you have that in your pocket <laughs> but it just happened to have it you know <laughs> Every once in Every a while, day. I use lineman pliers in the shop. Like I have my Leatherman right here. It's sitting next to my computer. But I got like 10 of these. But sometimes I, I, I'll use a lineman plier or a pair of snippers, and I'll stick them in my back pocket. And I end up carrying them around for the whole day. Like I'll get to 
I'll get to home and me and Tell would be, you know, sitting at dinner and I'll be like, oh, like, what the hell's in my ass? Because it's sitting in my back pocket. And I go to pick that and sat down all day. And I got a pair of lineman pliers in my back pocket. You know, those are like the big electrical pliers with the big square nose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nate? Do you have any of every other day curries that you change? Well, I make everyday curry stuff for a living, so mine changes all the time. So I've always got some of my own stuff in my pocket, but I like old tools. So I, I, I picked up uh, a King Dick uh, three-inch wrench uh, this week from eBay because uh, I've got a four-inch. I wanted a three-inch because I haven't got one. I've got six-inch, five-inch. I've got pretty much most of the rest of the range, but the three-inch is like – and I thought I had it in my pocket, but it's not. It's on the side. That's the one Eric's making, the same size as Eric's. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Um, I think Eric's – is it Eric's a four? I don't know. He's got the tiny one now. I was, oh, it's yeah, in that case. Yep. Yeah, the three-inch. Yep. Um, man, they're so good. Like The old it's ones are great. great. I'd, I'd love to get a hold of one of Eric's uh, wrenches. They're, they're fantastic. Um, he's making a bunch of brass at the moment. I think he's just he's yeah. going to add any minute. That, and that, that really flicks the switch for me. Um, I mean, yeah. the brass nailed nut. Like in his first edition was like, oh my god, <laughs> I've got to get one of those. Um, but yeah, old, uh, my, I've always got an old tool. I've always got one of my tools, one of my things, and um, I've always got a pen knife. Um, one thing we can carry in the UK is a three-inch non-locking blade, and that's it. You, you get mm-hmm. nothing else. But there's you know, some it's great, funny, great in knives. the UK. Like fun, it's funny. Like fun is illegal in UK. Yeah. yeah. yeah Fun is illegal. It's Ireland like properly sucks balls. I, I, I grew up, my old man used to take me to France to buy tasers and shit when I was like 14. Came back with a suit of armor, a taser, and a set of nunchucks when I was like, <laughs> he went to buy my first flick knife and I've still got it. I, oh, I've got my butterfly. You guys want to, I told this story a few times. I'll tell it again for the people that heard it. I apologize. But when I was in, in like, going back to say like 90. Shit, I don't even remember. 93 or 4, I was in Paris, and I was on my way to England. And then from England, I was going to Hong Kong. This is when I was heavy in the toy business. I was always in Europe and China. And so I was in France walking around. I was on a trip by myself. I figured I'd take a couple of days in Europe before I ended up in Hong Kong, which was business. So I went to France walking around, and along the river, there was a newsstand. And in the newsstand, the guy had flick knives. He's got like 50 of them. I'm like, you know what? Let me get a bunch of those for my friends at home. So <laughs> – a hundred dollars worth of flick knives, which was twenty dollars each. So I got five, <coughs> which is a switchblade we call them essentially. And they're like high quality, you know, non-Italian made shitty ones, but high quality. Like if we got those in America, they would be made in China. You guys get them; they're probably made like in Afghanistan or whatever, and they're still in they're much higher quality than what we can get. They're not like stilettos from Italy that which would be hundreds of each. Anyway, I have five of these black knives. They're like eight inches long, opened up. They're like 12 or 13 inches, 16 inches. They're big ones. And I got five of them in their paper bag rolled up in my carry-on. I put them in my carry-on. I get on the plane. Nice. In France, go to England. I'm now I'm in England for a couple of days. I only had a carry-on. I'm carrying my carry-on to British Airways, and there had been some sort of you know Irish bomb threat, something going on. Sorry. And uh, so everybody is getting torn apart to the Irishman. I apologize. Sorry to bring up the bad times. They they tear open everybody's bag and they're like spraying underarm deodorant to make sure nothing's like a false of whatever they think it is. And the, they go through my bag and, and I had zero anticipation that this would be a problem. And she 
picks up this brown bag and like the weight of it rolls it flat open and she opens it, looks and guys goes, Oh my dear. What what have you got here? I go, I don't know, just some souvenirs and I didn't want to call them knives. I said souvenirs I got from France. She's like, You brought these into the UK? I'm like, Yeah, she goes, From France? I go, Yeah, she goes, Do you realize she talked in my term, she says, As an American, these are as illegal as a handgun on an airplane in in our country. Do you know that? I said, Obviously not. I mean I wasn't in the slightest bit trying to hide it from you. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to have you speak to a, a Bobby. I can't I can't make this call because it's so illegal. Anyway, a police officer comes over and he pulls me to the side and he's looking through the bag and he's like, he goes, well, I see you have no ill will intent. You're just obviously ignorant to the law. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I don't want to deal with this shit. He goes, so I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to put them in a box and put them in the hold of the plane. And then when you get to Hong Kong with them, you deal with it over there. If you want them, keep them. If you don't want them, leave them on the, on the, the conveyor. I said, okay. And I got to Hong Kong and I was like, I, Hong Kong's like at the time, and this is 93 or four, Hong Kong is just like, like England. And so I was like, forget it. I saw them on the, I saw the big British airways box because they stuck it in like a box that would hold skis no. It was ridiculous. It was like a six foot box that would like hold some odd shaped thing, and on one end was like you know one pound of knives. Come and, and get I it, started... you dumbass! <laughs> do you want it? How badly do you want this? <laughs> no, I fucking left it. I was like, I'm just gonna end up in jail here. So I did not that's my knife story. And I had, then I had a desert eagle shell. Happened, and so everything's different now. But go ahead. Sorry, Jimmy. I, I had a Desert Eagle shell. I, I shot a 24 karat gold plated Desert Eagle in Poland this summer. Oh man! And I had the shell in my carry on, and the Polish police got me at, um, at customs. I thought I was going to get double fucked, mate. I was like, oh my god, please no! <laughs> Where's the rest of the rounds that aren't fired? Right, that's what they wanted yeah, to know. Just a shell, and he's like, you can't carry that on the plane. I said, Google said I can, and he went in a room. I was like, oh my. Well. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Did I mention I'm sorry? Very sorry. Yeah. Needless to say, the, the, fucking, the, the, the customs in Birmingham Airport on the way back from Maker Central took my King Dick spanner off me going on the carry on on the plane. They wouldn't let me bring a spanner on the plane. Yeah. No way. She looked at it and she was like, What the hell is this? And I said, It's an adjustable wrench. And she's like, Oh, I don't know about this. And I said, lady, it was only the, the, you know, like the the three-inch one. I said, I'm not going to be able to disconnect the wing of the fucking plane or something, you know. But no, she wouldn't let me take it. She took it off me. So I was like, oh, here, give it to one of the lads, you know. I'm Uh, not going to the hassle. From, I I think it's Ben, you know, Ben with the tattoo on his head? Yeah, that's where I got it, yeah. Yeah, 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 I bought him too. It's on my desk. At least you got to keep yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I put it in my carry in my in my pack away luggage. But yeah, no, it's. I said anything in England is like everyone's like bring ice picks, bring ice picks. I'm like I'm not gonna. I don't want to get thirty counts of felony trying to bring something uh, fun, dangerous through fucking customs. <laughs> That's why ice picks. Uh, and Ireland is even fucking worse. Did you answer Johnny? Did you? <laughs> what, what was the question? Uh, about the everyday carries. Oh, um, like we were saying, Ireland, everything's illegal. So, um, <laughs> like for work, um, I, I have an old mid nineties um, Leatherman Super Tool, so I carry that for work, and I have um, just a little Garber 
um, half serrated. Can you guys carry like Jocko's knife, for instance? If you have no. to have a, you have to have a valid reason for it. So if, no, if, no, 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 it, it locks. You, you can't take it. It locks. Uh, they, they'll see that as a locking knife, so they'll yeah. go no. What because if you just carry the blade? That doesn't lock. If, um, if you say, like, we, we normally blade. tape it to a two-pound coin. <laughs> <laughs> like for a, a carpet knife, for a, a Stanley knife, for a carpet knife, if you you have to prove grounds to carry it. So if you said, I, I'm a carpet fitter and I have a carpet knife on me, I'm going to work, then you have grounds to carry it. You know? I could see a Monty Python skit will go, well, I'm a serial killer, and they go, okay, just fill out this paperwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Off you go. Yeah. Come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all the official red tape and no one's paying any attention <sighs> oh, that's bollocks the irony five um, sucking leeches sure we'll do we'll do one more question then and maybe we'll, we'll do a bit of wrapping up stuff um, Andy Hugh <laughs> asks is your workshop insulated how is it heated do you keep your how do you keep your tools rust free and which is worse cold hands or cold feet Mm. Hands, cold hands. I have insulation in my in my big uh, rented barn that I rent. That's the one I'm mostly in. That has insulation. We have new two two new tube heaters we put in last winter that work really well. I mean they work good enough. Where it was like today it was like 19 degrees out, 19 Fahrenheit, and uh, you know that's below freezing for sure for you guys. And it was it was totally workable, especially if you keep moving. Yeah, you know, in the tube heaters, you stay, but the work is generally under the tube heaters. And when you go in the outskirts, it's a little cold. But if you're not doing any extended amount of work there, you'll be okay. And then um, the barn, the new black barn in the back, we got the heat turned on this year, and it is unbelievable. The doors are like open to the air; they're not insulated, and you go in there, and because it's it's radiant floor heat, it's so comfortable. Oh, it's just something magical about it. So the barns, both barns are heated, you know, not, not super, super, super well, but really good enough. And cold hands are the worst. That's like, I'd rather have like, I, I could walk around with my feet in ice blocks as long as my hands aren't cold. Yeah. Um, well, for me, my, my shed is definitely not insulated. Like I'm only working in uh, like an eight by 10 shed and it can get very fucking cold in there and it's more so my feet that get cold because you know you're kind of moving your hands if you're standing at a lathe but you're not really moving your feet all that much so you know your my feet get really cold when i'm in there for a while so they actually bug me more than hands so that's yeah and and to, go, uh, to stop everything rusting everything gets wd-40 <laughs> yeah no, that's it yeah rust yeah. the worst part about rust is when you go be, between the seasons either when it where it's like hot and cold every other day or at night it's mm. cool and the day it's warm that's when all your steel sweats you just got to make sure you keep everything sprayed with oil so it. it's unavoidable unless it's in a heated room it's unavoidable yeah yeah, yeah i saw um I saw a really funny post on Instagram the other day. It's like, um, my workshop is climate controlled, so my stuff doesn't rust. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, my workshop is insulated, but I, hell, am I going to goddamn heat it just to stop my tools from rusting? Uh, they, like everyone else does, I'm going to give it a good old squirt of the WD and be done with it. You know, shut those drawers all filled with oil. And uh, like my lathe, uh, the first thing I did when I got my lathe, I I cut, I cut a sheet of rag, which I'm going to stick over it all the time, 
soaked it in oil, and that, that'll hopefully do the job. But what else can you do? I'm not, I'm not going to climate control my goddamn workshop. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You, oh, bro, you're hotboxing you yourself there, bro, in the car. You're hotboxing yourself. What is that? The car's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> One thing they those are allowed like, to do. Wait, those, you guys pens. are all sucking on those electric pens. They, they look like no. – do you need permits for them? No, mine's a clutch pencil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give the Irish government any, any – um, don't give them any ideas because that would be the next thing, a permit for a, a video. No, you guys – everything you guys fucking do, you got to do with no smiles. You, got, yeah. you can't let people know you're having fun because then a Bobby's going to come along and say, let me see your permit for that. We fucked things up a long time ago when we started making a thing called Pochine. And when we started <laughs> making Pochine, we totally just, we, we fucked things up for ourselves. You know? It's like, um, it's like uh, moonshine. Made from potatoes. Yeah. Moonshine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, right. Uh, shall we go in and do a few top tips? Yeah. Top tips. Okay. Boy, sit down, shut up, and fucking listen. It's time for some fucking good tips from the boys. Um, Nate, would you like to give us a tip? I would. And it's been something that I've had an epiphany uh, that came to me this week when I was trying to squeeze the last drop of toothpaste out of the, out of the tube. <laughs> I was like, I'm wasting my fucking time. And I realised that not only am I wasting my time with my toothpaste, I'm wasting my time with the butter, I'm wasting my time with the glue pot, I'm wasting my time trying to dribble out resin, I'm wasting my time trying to dribble out, today I made beeswax polish, trying to get every single goddamn, I'm wasting my time. So what? Chuck it away. Doesn't matter. Leave it. Right. What's the next thing? Yeah. Start a new tube. See past it. Yeah, that's it. You get you get attached to what's in there, and it you know as kids we've been impounded with the uh, concept of like waste not want not. So yeah. we're like, oh, it's still some shit in there. We can use yeah. it. We can use and it. I think literally it's been drilled into me like to the nth degree by like a thousand generations past. Don't waste that fucking toothpaste. It's bullshit. <laughs> Chuck it away. Get a new one. You can crack on with your day, and no one dies. It's you want to know? This is I'll give you my tip since you're on a good tip. You're on to a good tip. Uh, with my toothpaste tube, and it's usually because I'm too lazy to go have an extra one ready, and it's like the last thing, I lean it on the wall, on the tile wall, and I use the end of my my tooth brush as a burnisher, and I burnish, just burnish it all up towards the opening, and you'll get like three more days or four more days out of it. <laughs> Chuck it away, Jimmy. Just let it go. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's in lieu of not having anything to replace. If there's a replacement there, I'll throw away half a tube. Just to open a yeah. fresh new. <laughs> Believe me. Um, Wait, I got one more tip. If you guys have right. a bottle of glue that is shaped like a toothpaste tube, yeah. You know, like uh, yeah. like for the, there's a silicone brand called Goop in America. Maybe do you guys have Goop or E6000? It's like a it's like a silicone in a metal tube, like just like a tooth where the bottom is like a flat envelope. Oh yeah, you, right. Sometimes you pinch it and too much is coming out, and you're like, oh shit, I don't want to waste it. If you pinch it in the opposite direction, you know, we're all designed, you're designed to pinch it along the flatness. If you yeah. pinch it opposed to that direction just slightly, it'll suck the glue back into the tube. Okay. You got to practice that. Next time. Yeah. Yeah, when you're out there one day and it's like, you're like, fuck, this is a brand new tube. I'm going to shit on the threads. 
grab it in that long direction and give it a gentle pinch down at the bottom and it opens it up and it inhales the paint. It inhales the glue. That is a good tip. But we are talking about a pee. That always happens me because we have these metal markers in work and they're in a metal tube and you'll always end up squeezing out too much. So, yeah, no, I'll use that next time. That's a good tip. Well, here. It's it's one of these. I like, for instance, that's... you, Johnny? You've got a tip. Jerry carries all this stuff in his pockets. Jesus Christ. This is, uh, what, else you, what else you got in there? Come on, empty him out. Let's have a look. This is picked out. Fancy pants that he's been wearing lately. Well, there's his toothbrush. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm in my kitchen. I'm sitting at my junk drawers. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to go get some crap. Hang on, wait there. Hold on, this isn't my, my fancy you. pants. Not really. All right, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Danny, do you have a top tip this week? Um, my tip is if you're trying to collect up um, metal shavings or if you want to pick up, you know, if you spill your screws or your nails or any shit like that, if you get a magnet, turn a plastic bag inside out, put the magnet in the bag, let all your metal shit stick to the magnet, and then you turn the bag the right way around and you've got all your shit inside <laughs> in your plastic bag. So, That's a good one. I never thought to use a bag. I've used a rag before, but a bag is a very good idea. Jimmy, you could just use your new knife. That's right. <laughs> it's magnetic. <laughs> Did you figure that out, by the way? A few people told me. Look at this one. <laughs> Why? Now I got a, what, a pair of fingernail that? snippers that happens to be sitting in. Um, and somebody told me that, and it's funny. Uh, Tanda Madison, she's she's a machinist online. She that said. She hadn't seen the video of how I made it yet, but she said, did you hit the end repeatedly? I was like, yeah. I peened oh, over the end. The, the, the nugget on. She said, that will somehow charge it wow. into magnetism. So there was a couple of answers, all basically like if you do something repetitive to the metal in the same direction, it'll cause it to magnetize. Never when, knew I, that. when I made uh, I made this, this because I make knives, and knives are fucking ridiculously hard to photograph. So I made a magnetic knife holder, and what it is is it's a big magnet in a base, in a wooden base, a copper pipe, another piece of wooden top with a magnet stuck in it, and you can move it up and down depending on the length of the knife. And what it does is the knife almost hovers in, in between the two pieces. Oh, but what it does do is it fucking magnetizes your knife. So, <laughs> while, it's being, yeah, while it's sitting there yeah while it's sitting there so I didn't realise that and then the next thing all my knives are starting to pick up all the fucking metal dust around the workshop but a lot <laughs> of guys a lot of guys said to me you can demagnetize them then after you know if you want so yeah. yeah I think if you rub them with the opposite pole to whatever pole it's magnetised yeah. to it, it'll demagnetise yeah 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 um my, my tip this week is um, if you're stripping it in bigger parts and maybe it's something that you haven't done before and you're worried to so many nuts and bolts and where everything's going to go back, if you get like a cardboard box and you can cut like little slits in it and just pop the nuts and, or the bolts into the cardboard and you can draw on the cardboard what parts of the machine or whatever it is you're working on came off. It's something that we used to do um, when we were stripping down engines and stuff. I used to work down the docks. And we might 
an engine apart and you might want to put like you know all the the rods in or something like that and have them in the order that came out so you can put them in the uh, into the cardboard box and just number them and then you know exactly where everything goes when you're putting everything back so it's just a, a handy little tip if you're stripping down something mm-hmm. oh now now with right. iPhones, photograph shit on as my, on my way out of it like if i'm taking a picture of photograph stuff on yeah. the way yeah yeah. By the way, since we talked about Eric, I asked Eric how his channel got started when we became friends, and he says, "Well, I used to take complicated shit apart, so I would film it." He goes, "That's some right, of yeah, video yeah. just him publishing that, taking shit apart, and putting it back together, yeah. so he could remember how yeah. he did it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how technology has come on to allow us to do stuff like that. You know, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. Uh, um, do you want to do uh, rants? For fuck's sake. Yeah, we got rants. I've got a hell of a one. I've got a moan. Got a right moan. (laughs) Well, then you may as well go, Nate. (laughs) Right, okay, well, here we go. I'm going to try and keep this brief. um, About a year ago, I did a deal with somebody who contacted me on Instagram. He goes, "Um, oh, I'm a local guy. I do bees, um, beekeeping, and I've got beeswax. Uh, Would you like some? I was like, hell yeah, I want some beeswax. And he said, "Um, oh, great um, I love your stuff uh, we can do a swap and I thought that was a great idea so I went over and picked up some beeswax he didn't quite know what he wanted so he went away and said um, uh, I'll have to think about it and um, he, he sent me a message saying oh what are you going to do so well I'm going to make polish so he goes great I'll have um, 20% of whatever you make I went what he goes yeah I'll just um, I'll just take 20% of whatever you make I said well, like bollocks for you um I was going to give you a cheese knife or something. <laughs> and, and this went on for like a year and a half. And uh, I've had this like two kilograms of beeswax sitting there, like wasting away going, Oh God, I really want to make something with it. Well, I bumped into him recently. I said, Hey mate, um, what's that beeswax worth? And uh, I was on a craft fair and he goes, Oh, about 20 quid. I went, well, there you go then. He goes, well, hang on a minute. Let me have a look at your stool. I went, no, get fucked. You're not having a look at my stool. <laughs> you can take the 20 quid or you can have nothing. <laughs> and he didn't like it, but he did. He took he took twenty quid and um, and he fucked off. But don't change a deal halfway through. Jesus Christ! And certainly don't give me any crap about it on Instagram. Block me like a some sort of jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Which show is not going to be listening? I hope he is. He's blocked me on, he's blocked me on Instagram, and I can't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it. That's why you got to be careful whenever you enter into a deal with somebody. You got to, you know. Recently, a friend of mine. Um, you know, he developed a friendship with a few people on uh, on social media, and he kind of invested too much emotional energy into it. And then he kind of got let down. I'll keep it vague. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't any romance or anything. It was just a friendship. And uh, he got a little let down because his expectations weren't met. And I was like, you know, no offense to you guys, we just met online. But you know, you meet people online, you don't want to like yeah. rush into it too quick. You know, or you want to keep it on the topic, how you met, at least for a while until, you know, you start getting into some deeper friendship. Anyway, he got a little let down too quick. And um, uh, so talking about the same thing, don't rush into a deal too quickly with somebody that you don't know that well, because yeah. Yeah. it just you just end up like expectations aren't met or yeah. unrealistic expectations are set. And, you know, it's almost like you see you too far apart to be able to say, well, bro, that's fucking weird, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what I was going to suggest is when shit gets super weird like that, if the guy goes, oh, give me 20, 20% or whatever you make, you go, okay, great. And just never fucking sell anything and never talk to him again. Yeah. And, it's, okay, it's okay, Jimmy. I, I, I wasn't going to rush. 
<laughs> we, we can take it slow. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm gentle. Thank God. For that. I'm fragile. Yes. I have to say. Joke. Gentle. It sounded fucking perverted. I didn't mean to say that. I read you. I read you, man. Oh fuck! We broke. We broke Jimmy Duresta. <laughs> I will not apologise. No, John, you've got a rant for us. Me? Um, I do. You know what my rant is? Assholes. You know the the guys that turn around, they ask you a question, right? Yeah. When they actually don't want your fucking opinion, what they want to do is to tell you what what the answer is. So they'll yeah. turn around and they say, so what's, what's the best way to do this? And then you answer them and they go, no, you're wrong. This is the best way to do it. They're fucking assholes. Like, ask, ask, they're assholes. They're just looking for fucking attention at the end of the day. That's all they're doing, you know? I, I don't have fucking time to be really playing with people. Total cockwombles. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck them. I might have a rant. I might have a rant. Oh, go, go for up. it. Oh, yes, please. I think uh, it's these these you know it, it, it's trolls it's fucking trolls that I did this gun restoration and every other fucking scumbag is like I wouldn't have done that you didn't blew it you didn't this you didn't that it's one fucking gun that I saved from going into the scrap heap it's yeah. one stupid piece of tool or equipment that otherwise was sitting unnoticed at this yeah. this farmhouse I bought. And it, people don't cut, they come into it with this, with two cents, too serious a sense of, <gasps> if they saw where I got it, when I got it, they wouldn't, they would have a certain sense of like, oh, wow, that's really cool that it's no longer a piece of shit. Instead of, you did this wrong, you did that. Oh, you put a wire wheel to it, you destroyed it. I didn't fucking destroy it. It didn't work, now it works. Explain that. Now I'm a fucking in the court of law. Okay, did the gun work when you started playing with it? No. Does it work when you're done with it? Yes. Everything in between, go fuck yourself. It didn't work, now it works. <laughs> you know what? We, we, were, we were discussing this recently, right? And I, I don't understand how people's, uh, people's opinion and their mentality, especially with YouTube, if, if Jimmy Dresta turns around and puts up a, vi- a video, right? That's for our entertainment. That's to show, you know, show what he's doing, to make something, to, to entertain, that you're doing it to entertain me. Where is my mentality then to come out and go, you're doing that wrong? Like, like I, I don't get where people actually came out, came, came around to this this mentality that they can turn around and, and inform the person that's entertaining them that they're wrong in what they're doing or they should have done it another way or, you know, it's fucking hard. And you know, it's funny. I said it on my podcast a couple weeks ago, Bob and Dave, when it comes to making knives, real knife makers will give you information in a gentle loving, caring, hey, let's share this mm. craft way. Yeah. Assholes who are amateurs will be like, that's not how you fucking do it. You hardened yeah. it wrong. Now it's not going to work. You didn't temper it. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. Those are fucking amateurs. And the same thing with this gun community. All the fucking know-it-alls are just getting started. All the pros don't say anything. Yeah. People are introducing me to the pros by saying, oh, that's not how fucking Johnny Smith would have done it. So I go and look at Johnny Smith's channel and I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's a total pro. Yeah. But he's not going to come to my channel and go, you did it wrong, you fucking idiot. That's why if you see the top pinned comment on that video, I was like, hey, every asshole that thinks they know it all started somewhere and yeah. just consider this me starting somewhere and stop yeah. being yeah. so cool. So. I mean, that's like 
if I cut up a symbol or something like that, and the, all the musicians come in and go, oh my God, that's sacrilege. You can't cut up a symbol. Like it, it's cracked. It's keyhole. It's knackered. It's, it's, right. going to the, it's going to the scrap. I'm going to cut the symbol up, use the bronze and do something great yeah. with it. You know, like yeah. otherwise it's, it's, it's a piece of shine. Like what, you what do, is it? You should do like a slow-mo video of you cutting, cutting up a fucking half dozen of them just to fucking really annoy them. That's why I do. That's why I cut them all up all over Instagram because yeah. everyone fucking moans about it. Like, ah, oh, I'm going to do a saxophone next. They're going to write shit. <laughs> I've always wanted to get like a, an American gun, like a, cause you know, you, you guys know what kind of babies we are when it comes to guns. I wanted to get like a cool classic gun and stick it in the forge and then just crush it under the hydraulic press. <laughs> Make some Damascus out of it. Yeah, gun, turn it into gun some. Damascus. Yeah, gun Damascus. Gun Damascus. That's it. You just, you just coined that term. You should start the Gun Damascus channel. <laughs> yeah. I, people could tolerate watching me like kill a baby elephant probably with a hammer more than. <laughs> and, and more than watching me like hydraulic press a fucking, you know, classic American yeah. gun. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I expect that to oh, be your well. next YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> no, the elephant. Oh, the elephant thing. No, I, we love animals too. Oh, super. Well, my, my rant seems rather meager to all those ones. Um, the, um, the, um, it's actually a bit of shite talk because it's about the toilet. Um, the toilet seat broke. The hinge on it broke, okay? And um, we, we needed a new one because, you know, like us men are okay. We can stand up, but the, for the ladies, no, <laughs> especially in the middle of the night when it's dark. <laughs> so I marched up to B&Q. It's a, it's a hardware store here and um, marched up to B&Q where I had originally bought the toilet seat. There's nothing wrong with the toilet seat. It's just the hinge. It's one little hinge. Uh, you think they sell hinges? No. You have to buy the whole fucking seat. You have to buy the whole yeah. fucking seat for one little fucking hinge. And <laughs> I, now, personally, I would have got a bit of treaded bar, stuck it in, bent it, and put it there. But no, I, I had to get a proper seat. So, so yeah, I had you to fork it. You can make a duct tape yeah. hinge, you know? Yeah. You can cast, yeah, cast it yeah. in resin. You can do a duct tape well, toilet, I, toilet seat. Cast I, in resin. The only thing is, I have a spare seat now and a one spare hinge. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only I will say, right? Have you ever sat sat in a toilet without a seat? Yeah. It's not, not good. It's not good. I might have. You know. So I can I can see where the, I can see where the girls are coming from with that one. Like, there's always a, there's from. always a plank a two by four. You could use like a two by four, uh, you know, in the front and back. Or just hover, just just hover. Just, I'm just asking. <laughs> has, has, anybody, has anybody ever done an epoxy river table toilet seat? Is that a thing? Yes. Um, oh no, get fucked. No. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Pete Knuckles did one. He did an epoxy. He did an epoxy. He did. Yeah, he did an epoxy toilet seat. Yeah, he's it's good. The most beautiful toilet seat I've ever seen. It's fantastic, yeah. I remember It looks that. like a little majestic universe inside. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that guy's fucking hair? He yeah. did. Hair. Seriously, his hair is amazing. He's got great hair. He's got <laughs> great hair. <laughs> right, one last item of business is our shout-outs for this week. Who yeah. have we been looking at? Um, Nate? Um, easy peasy. Uh, Breek Lend, um, at 
reclaimed on Instagram. He is a, a furniture designer, um, carver, sculptor, kind of, he takes live edge timber, natural materials, and couples it with um, very industrial um, aspects, like he'll carve a heart and stick a steel bolt through it, uh, like an arrow. Um, he is badass things. Go and check him out. He's awesome. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, Johnny? Um, my shout-out is... Where the fuck did I write? Oh, yeah. Is uh, awesome in progress. So that's awesome underscore in underscore progress. Um, that's Terrier. Uh, Terrier Smithstad. So he's a Viking. I, I presume you met him at Maker Central Allergy. You did as well, Ned. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Fucking 20 foot tall. You probably met him as well, Jimmy, at. at um, who? Who? Sorry, I was, I was reading that. Uh, awesome in progress. Uh, Terrier Smithstad. He's about fucking seven foot tall. He's a Viking. <laughs> he's huge. <laughs> with a beard. Did, um, but Terry is doing an awful lot of carving lately um, carving little miniature figures and painting them up and they're fucking amazing they're absolutely amazing. Amazing. the character that he can get on these little six inch figures is fucking mind blowing it's ridiculous uh, but outside of that he's he's a huge uh, supporter of, of the make community he's a really good guy And um, what's, what's his Instagram I want to follow him again awesome in progress Oh yeah, I follow him. Yeah, he's he's extremely talented, really good guy. So yeah, yeah, I love his figurines, his little yeah. sculpts. Well, very like, good. Well, folk art, folk art stuff. Yeah, very cool, talented, cool. very cool. Um, my my shout out goes to one of our our listeners and one of our local listeners, uh, N I Woodworking. Uh, he made this cool little um keyring uh playing in a japanese style there during the week i put a picture up on instagram and it looked sweet um he's gonna kind of i think make a few of them and try and sell a few of them so um go and check out his page he's got some cool stuff on it yeah. and he's a great he's follower a nice, here of a nice us. guy as well yeah 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 sweet little plans uh, jimmy have you got anyone you want to shout out well, that's, I'm just going to pop open my Instagram and see if anybody's cool. Oh, George made this. That's who I was thinking of before. Uh, George made this. Uh, he's had a shout out before, Jimmy. You have to do another one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So he was who I was talking George about. George is excellent. Yeah, George is great. They're talking about when we were, when we were on the printing stuff. Let's see. Um, I don't, oh, my. Now I'm getting paranoid. I'm getting nervous. No, There's another one which made this. I don't mean don't shout George out. I like talk about George. He's awesome. George. <laughs> oh, you know you guys want to follow somebody? Uh, my buddy's always doing wacky things on his farmhouse. Lost skills. Lost skills on on Instagram. He's he's a guy. Uh, it, it's at lost skills. Cool. Um, he uh, he does all kinds of farming stuff. He's the, my buddy who I bought my tractor from. Sam, I bought my uh, my. He found me my tractor and. In Pennsylvania, check him out. I'm just going through quick, 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 quick. I'll give you one or two more. Um, ba, 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 ba. Oh, my my buddy Robert E. Lee in Ohio. Check out Robert Lee. He's great. He's an older gentleman, retired, making stuff in his basement. He's an awesome dude. Uh, Done. You guys, you guys know Garage Avenger? Yeah. 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 I was on his podcast. Look. <laughs> is he in Europe or is he in America? Where is he? 
Uh, he's, he's in Norway. Yeah. He is, right? I knew, I knew he wasn't American. Some uh, about him think he was American. He's Australian. He's Australian, so yeah. He flits between the two. Oh. There you go. I'll give you one more. Actually, if you guys want to be inspired, check out my buddy Jay Rivera. His, uh, his Instagram is J-A-E-R-I-V-E-R-A 360. Jay is over 300 pounds. And he just ran the New York City Marathon. He said he was one of like four guys over 300 pounds that ran the marathon. That's out of like tens of thousands of people. And he is training to run a 36-mile marathon. Then he's training to run an 80-mile marathon. He's been my personal inspiration. When I first met Jay, he was like 400 pounds. And he was like changing his life. And he found me on YouTube and we met and – and he was just so sweet and we became close friends. And lately he's on this whole kick where he wants to get healthy and he's jogging and he's working with night to get healthy. So if you need just some personal inspiration, some motivational inspiration, check out Jay. Tell him I sent you. So that's enough. Nice. Good. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Good shows. Right. So um, I think I speak for all of us when Jimmy, we say thank you very much for coming and having a chat with us. It's been Absolutely. wonderful. Great time. Great time, guys. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for making time for us. And um, so, where can everybody be found, Johnny? Uh, Spoke Block Designs, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and IrishCustomKnives.com if anybody wants to buy a knife. Hey, Nate. Uh, simply or Nate on um, Instagram and um, website is literally like two weeks away uh, uh, so I will see you on the gram basically don't mess with me on Facebook because I don't look at it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jimmy Jimmy can be found uh, everywhere (laughs) my name Jimmy DeResta Jimmy DeResta at at this in that over that at Jimmy DeResta and uh, I'm uh, Wood Torn by Alan Scandal on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all them socials. And you can find us as a group on Make Your Own Way podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Yeah. So um, thanks for tuning in this week, everybody, guys. And uh, been a good, great chat. Great chat, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, We're not going to hang up, are we? No. We could, um, we, could shit talk uh, the, we could shit talk a few people after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Okay, cool. I've got, I've got a list, so let's do this. We'll let it in the after show. <laughs> On the fuckery never ends. O R N A, yeah. N, like letter, letter N, number eight. Oh, this isn't you then, with three followers? No. <laughs> oh, who's oh. that son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, did that actually just happen? Holy oh shit. my fucking god. <laughs>